Hello, and welcome to the Ox Unplugged podcast, where we would like to build a $6 million man, but unfortunately our budget is only 20 bucks. I'm Crispy Kraut. I am Mr. J. Whip. I am Helian. And I'm Glo... Is it... Straw. Closing straw. Was that intentional that time? And in this corner, some weirdo calling himself the Minister of Oxaganda. Vulcan himself here once more on the podcast. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. Lovely to hear from you as always. Yeah, of course. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I'm going to begin this episode by talking about a um, a theoretical problem that people have. The ship of Theseus. I don't know if anyone's heard of this. Yes, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. So the ship of Theseus is the philosophical quandary that if you take a ship, it's going around and oh no, some planks got broken. Let's replace the planks. Oh no, the sail got broken. Let's replace that. And by the end of the trip, that the entire ship has every single element inside of that ship has changed. Every single board, every single nail is gone and brought back. The question is is this still Theseus's ship? Does Theseus run on that ship? Yes. Theseus pay his taxes with that ship. Yes. And so what the uh, transhumanist perspective, I suppose, what they say is, yes, it is. And there's no question about it. Because you can apply the same thought process to humans. If I take a human, chop off their arm and replace it with a robot arm, they're still a human. Oh, my. If you chop off their both arms and both legs and replace them, they are still a human. By their, the same logic. You replace everything below the head, they're still a human. You replace everything but the brain, they are still a human, by the same logic. If you take a human brain and digitize it, take those neuron pathways and create a sort of amalgamation of, oh, if this happens, then this happens, and this happens, basic input-output, they are still a human. So what the transhumanist belief is, humans are defined by the idea of how neurons in the brain are put together. That is what defines a human. That is a transhumanist belief, and transhumanism in general. We are not our bodies. Transhumanism is a, is a broad concept. Correct. Yeah. I'm just going to read what the wiki entry defines it as. Mm-hmm. A philosophical and intellectual movement which advocates the enhancement of the human condition by developing and making widely available sophisticated technologies that can greatly enhance longevity and cognition. In layman's terms, human beings merging with technology to further advance not only our intellect, but our physical capabilities, our physical well. capabilities and longevity of life. Yes. So, which opens up a tremendous swath of debate and philosophy over mm-hmm. how far does it go before what human beings become is no longer recognizable as a human being. And the bad answer of does it matter? Does it matter if this person over there is not a human? Right. Right. Yeah, it really gets into the philosophical debate of how do you define humanity? It gets out very quickly. Let's start at the beginning, all right? Let's start small. Should we probably explain what transhumanism is, just in case anyone... No, that isn't. Yeah. You are not your body. You are your brain. Your body can change. 
Right. That's the philosophy of it. So I would propose that we are already living in a time of transhuman evolution because it is already extremely commonplace for people to have joint replacement, to have rods inserted into their spine. It is becoming more and more commonplace for people to have neurologically or at least to some form electronically connected prosthetics that they can control with with, uh, impulses. Bionic babe. Right. Of the auxiliary and the BPL. She has her spine. She needs that recharged, actually. I'm not going to tell her life story or anything, but no, she does have that, and she is bionic because of this. Right. You know, we have the technology. We can rebuild her. So I argue that we are already in the, the beginning age of transhumanism, where we are using technology to improve, enhance, what's the word? To extend life, evolve to extend life. Right. And this was the argument I got in with my brother-in-law today. He thinks that the next evolution is the tech evolution, which, you know, basically is, you know, cyberpunk, where we start all having, you know, cybernetic organs, cybernetic arm, you know, cybernetic replacement things. For me, I don't disagree. I think that is the next evolution. We are, they're already working now on cybernetic limbs, fully integrated cybernetic limbs. They're already working on digital retinas that they can replace people who have, you know, perpetual and permanent blindness that they, to allow them to see again. But for me personally, I think that's going to be a very brief period where it becomes normal to see people walking around with biomechanical parts. We've already had the artificial heart. Granted, it doesn't work great, but we have it. It doesn't work great right now. Yeah, Yeah. I think in our lifetime, the technology has become more commonplace that we're going to have non-organic replacement organs and limbs. But, Mr. J, I'm going to call upon your big brain. What is the, the philosophy or the thing where, like, how the exponentially increasing scale that computing power and... and... Oh, Moore's Law. Right. Moore's Law, to be clear, has failed. It's no longer exponential at all. We've stopped like about five years ago or so. Yeah. But but, but it's still a philosophy that... A belief system that everything is going to get better. Right. And I still think that to a degree, it maybe it's not an, an actual scalable, but I think it is, in its theory, still holds water. Yeah, I think the same thing will apply with in transhumanism. I think there's going to be a very quick evolution between we're replacing some organs, we're replacing some appendages to we're just going to start go beyond flesh. We're just going to get it on straight on into moving into digital. When I realize the weakness of my flesh, yeah, we're just going to abandon you know physical form and move straight on to existing in a digital or inorganic state. But we may be getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Yeah. So there are people who are also doing it just for fun. Uh, the biohacker groups. Biohackers are just messing around and seeing what they can do. I remember reading about a, a hacker who installed um, uh, magnets on his fingertips. Oh, yeah. So that way he could just run his hand over a system and say, oh, look, we have this, this, and this here. Done. No problem. And they're allowed to do that. You've got people, like, installing little LEDs on themselves. Yeah, body modding and things, they call it. Yeah. yeah. Isn't there a guy that several years ago installed, like, a 
a little chip in his arm or something that allows him, like, if he moves it a certain way, he can activate certain things in his house or whatever. It's very rudimentary, yeah. but at the same time, it's allowing him to... It's also just like a dude in his basement tier stuff, not like high level. Yeah. yeah. Like a team of scientists working on a thing or a team of engineers. And from the sound of it, too, people are trying to go for a very utilitarian aspect, which is the thing that I like about it as well. I want to want to throw a um, have you guys seen the latest from Ray-Bans? Um, they've got a set of lenses that you can film through. Like, you know, with the concept of filming through your glasses is obviously not new, but this one will actually allow you to upload straight to the Internet. I'm not going to call the name of it, but, you know, former employer redacted got heavy into that and was selling them. And I was just like, no, no, this is, this is A, clunky, and B, intrusive. Just the idea of, like, branded things like that, it just speaks to me of cyberpunk and a dystopian. Oh, the entire thing is cyberpunk as fuck, yeah. right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It does, however, tie into uh, biomechanical appendaging and things like that, where one thing I wanted to tie into was... Uh, optical implants and things like that. You know, if you recall the spy in the expanse where he was able to record at will and then upload, then you also had the gentleman who was the the drone pilot guy for uh, the the journalist and everything where they had different kind of implants going on and everything like that. And then when, when talking about this subject often enough, a lot of people, they instantly bring up the very fair aspect of, well, what if this gets hacked? What if, you know, you have this tap to the internet that's in your own fucking brain that somebody is able to potentially get into for more than just your eyesight, for example? I think it's very fair that any of these systems should be output only. You should not be able to, like, talk to it. It can only say to other things. Yeah. You say that, but people may not necessarily... This reminds me of something. Have you heard about automatic penicillin machines? Like an insulin pump. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like. My brother used... Hi, JD. You're... I, I know you're here. Well, not physically here, but he's going to be watching this when it eventually gets released. Insulin pumps can get hacked. Yep. A guy demonstrated it by hacking into an insulin pump digitally just make the insulin pump pump all the insulin oh just kill them oh yeah, yeah. that's okay. messed up and see, that also will tie into something else i wanted to talk about but please do continue as scary as that is as the thought of getting your implants hacked let me give you one more because that's like terrorist type thing right let me get you yeah. something far more banal imagine you're having a i don't know a cardiac event and you're needing your artificial heart to kick in and take care of it. And suddenly you have a mandatory factory pushed uh, software update. Yeah. So now your heart is just gone into standby mode while you're having a cardiac event. That's uh, yeah, that's a problem. Going to tell me that doesn't happen. Go back and look at social media back around Thanksgiving of all the people that had these really high end Wi-Fi connected pellet uh, stoves and what have you, who were in the middle of cooking their Thanksgiving turkeys when a factory mandated software update shut their grills all off and ruined their Thanksgiving dinner. Imagine that happening to you, but in a body part. Yeah, that's a problem. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think in those situations, they should be input only or output only. Yeah. But how likely is that to happen? I mean, yeah. 
I can design a thing that is output only. That's not actually that hard oh, to do. Design yeah. it, yes. But are you really going to put all that shit out there and not leave yourself a back door to mine data from it? That doesn't oh, sound yeah. like a corporation to me. Yeah, and no. if you can mine data from it, then there, then there's oh, they absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At that point, it's on the company that's producing something of this scale to, and we all know that this usually doesn't happen, but I would only be comfortable buying a product from a company that you have 100% transparency through that, that sort of thing does not exist. Here are all of our tests. We cannot hack this. You can only output. You can do Which that. Then it comes down to the consumer. Yeah, so the uh, U.S. government, for all of its many faults, does actually have extreme testing on those sort of things. EMC and EMI, they measure every single bit of radiation. So in order to make an official U.S. part, you have to go through all those things. You can also then check to see if it's ever going to emit anything. So you can check to check the radiation. You can check to see if a Wi-Fi signal is going off or not. Like, there are systems in place to handle it. It'll be bad if you get a black market system, right? But... We do have access to these things. It's not a complete crapshoot automatically. Though it likely is going to also just be a crapshoot because I know how America works and I know how the Western civilizations work. It leads to potential cases of exploitation, which um, leads to something I wanted to talk about in this transhumanism, transhumanism debate. Um, how many of you guys have watched the show Black Mirror? I have not. I have not. I have. I did, and it just got yeah, bored and left. Yeah, so I caught it in a particular season where it you could tell the writers were guys like us that it's just like, damn, this is somebody after my own heart. And Miley Cyrus, of all people, was actually in this particular episode. And the premise was her mom had died. And not only did they have the ability to connect her brain into you know a machine that she could upload her music ideas and songs nearly instantaneously but they also cloned her consciousness and put it in a doll which is part of a subplot but her aunt basically comatoses her locks her inside the, inside this machine and the record company and her aunt are basically profiting off of somebody who is physically incapable of doing anything because she was drugged and so the clone winds okay. up yeah yeah so the clone winds up basically realizing this and after six months of shutdown reactivates and is like hey, my physical body is literally being exploited. Please help me. Wow. Sounds like something the corporation would try. Let me guess. It was the uh, one that felt like the directed Disney Channel movie exclusive. Well, it was, it was one of those where it's like they were able to exploit the neurons. Uh, so like, you know, what you were saying earlier with, you know, using neuron receptors through the, the energy signals of our brains and everything, for example, here's, you know, my take on it. Um, if you were able to interface that and one of my other talking points, the potential positive um, is as an artist, my brain, I have a million ideas at once a thousand times a day. And if I could quickly freeze that and make an image or a video instantly, that would be great. But then it does, again, tie into my exploitation factor. See, that I like that concept that you can basically have like a Photoshop in your brain. That you come up with an image and like, oh, cool. And you just like click, it photoshops, stores that image, outputs it. And then like, you can essentially be working on that image so that you're not, so that anytime you come up with something, you're not having to physically read it. It's automatically creating it for you. Exactly. But here's the downside of all of that. 
all of this is technology. All of this are things that we're going to have to purchase, and which leads me into what I find the most interesting thing about transhumanism. It's not the how or the what. It is the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we pursuing it? It's very simple from an individual standpoint. Oh, this helps me because I'm going to I'm going to augment myself because it extends my life because it gives me abilities I don't have. But I'm talking about from the aspect of the who's going to be inventing the technology or the means to allow us to do that. What is their motivations? You know, that um, reminds me of a quote from the game Arcana where the character says about the steam engine um, the person that ended up inventing it, they say they asked what this could be used for, but not the consequences of what its use are. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at is that we have the ability to make these things. We have the, uh, the plans to make them, but we, we're not considering the long term of it necessarily. We're not considering right. It it, yeah. it ties into an ethical question that I also wanted to bring up as I roll through my notes here, guys. Um, did you see the hologram of Tupac Shakir? And this is what that episode was touching on as well. Is after somebody's death, we are using technology and things like that to project voices. We are using it in Peter Cushing's case to make Tarkin come back long after the actor is now dead. We can make his voice spot on and we can animate everything from there is it ethical for us to be using these sorts of things to use somebody's likeness after they are no longer consciously be able to say i am okay with this or no i don't want any part of this my opinion is from a technology perspective like i'm an engineer i i, I think about these things a lot it doesn't matter Some practical problems. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter it's going to happen anyway Yes, right. there I agree yes. with you personally. What what it yeah. what it comes down the ethics go out the window. What it comes down to is from a business sense. The company says, Hey, this is a thing we can do and we can make money. How do we make this legal so we can't get sued? In other words, did the family sign off on it? You know, how much money is it gonna cost us to do this to get to pay the to pay the family of this deceased person to allow us to do this? But yeah, you are yeah. but but to your point, for Really, over a decade now, you have started to see, particularly in the entertainment business, the posthumously clauses in some of these contracts that performers are, are signing of what their rights are to how their image, their likeness, their what have you can, can be used. Yeah, suddenly a lot of people's... No, it's good. A lot of people's stuff got updated when they saw Tarkov showing up on screen and being very good. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. Are you all aware? Now, uh, granted, I know we're not all Star Wars people. Some of, <laughs> us are, some of us are. Some of us aren't. That's quite all right. But for those of us that watch the Kenobi TV series. Yes. Are you aware that the voice of Darth Vader, right? James Earl Jones did not voice Darth Vader in that series. He has officially announced he is retired from doing the role. Yes. Yeah. Company hired who developed a, a algorithm that took all the audio that he has ever recorded as Darth Vader, compressed it and created a essentially a a synthesizer 
that you just type in dialogue and it will pronounce it and do the dialogue as Vader in James Earl Jones' voice. Yes. Yes, sir. That was a talking point. Thank you for actually reading my mind. I appreciate that. Ah, uh, simpicato. But now to that point, we're talking about from a corporate perspective. From a corporate side, I think that's probably why you want so many mascots on a corporate side. Because a mascot can't say anything bad. They can't pull a Jared from Subway. They're only going to say what the corporation tells them to say. Exactly. But a corporation, corporations exist to make money. Corporations exist to make profit. Corporations exist to get a leg up on their, on their competition. As this transhumanism movement picks up speed, they're going to get into it as a means of making money. That's the whole purpose behind them doing it. It's not to help out humanity, despite whatever the marketing says. Is anyone familiar with a movie? I cannot remember. I don't remember the exact name of it. I want to say it was late 90s. But, and I think it was called Repo Man. Oh, Repo the Genetic Opera? The... No, no, no. Not that one. <laughs> okay. That one. Although that's good too. But the whole premise of the movie is... That movie almost made me an emo. In the not-too-far future, <laughs> when you get sick and one of your organs fail and you need it replaced, you have to go to one of these corporate clinics. You pick out your replacement organ. You sign the financing documentation, which is incredibly insane. Like, like it's like a 50-year contract paying like you know an incredible amount of your yearly income. They put this artificial organ into you, which you can survive, you know, which allows you to live. But if you miss X number of payments on that organ, they send the repo man to take that back. Yes, now yes. it's essentially it's uh, yeah. it's essentially turning the transplant system where people can go get you know an organ transplant to extend their life. It's merging that with the predatory payday loan system. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, so on that note, guys, are you familiar with uh, Minority Report? Yes. Okay, so similar concept. You remember after he gets the eye transplant and he has the other dude's eyes, he's walking through the um, the mall, basically, and he's getting targeted advertising through his retinas for this guy, who's somebody completely different than who he actually is, but because of his retinal implants and everything, or because of his replacements, the advertising literally just believes that it's it's this dude whose eyes he's got. And that's, oh. and that's coming. Oh, I tell you that is coming in our lifetime where we will have the targeted retina scan implants okay imagine we get a brand new super phone that is always outputting mm -hmm. and you just go oh let me just tap advertising can tap into that and then just as long as it's projected just at you ta-da so, like, if you think it, you're going to get that advertising, because, man, I feel like that's already in place, because there'd be times I'd, like, think of a movie scene, and I'll go, you know, scrolling through my YouTube feed, for example, looking for something to watch, and then that movie scene will pop up, and I'm just kind of like, I didn't say that out loud. I know that was in my own head. Why am I seeing this now later? We got that with Google Maps, actually. We were just, like, talking about going to uh, to, like, a restaurant or something, and Google Maps just goes... Oh, do you want me to search up that for you? It was the most horrifying. And we were like, wait, that's an option for Google Maps to do this? What the absolute fuck is going on here? 
See, when you don't know that it's a feature like that and then it just pops up, that's where it's a little scary and sketchy in my book where I'm like, yeah. I did not tell you to be active. I am not comfortable with you having that sort of listening power that, you know, in case of him, you know, driving with a friend or my significant other, whatever. If I am talking about that and you're just like, oh, here's your option. I, uh, no, no. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of, of a thing about Sweden's um, microchips or implanted microchips. Sweden's citizens can um, implant themselves with microchips. It's been an increasing common trend. Very sketchy. Oh, yeah, it's very. I mean, what do they get out of it? You can just go instead of whipping out your debit card, or you can just wave your the part where the oh. microchip, and then oh, oh, you have your train ticket. <laughs> Goodbye. Or if someone goes ticket, please, you can just show them your arm. They wave at your arm, and oh, you. It says here you have a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so like um without getting into specifics, I do have a body modification that does not do any of those things, but because of what it looks like, several people in the subsequent decade that I have had said body modification have asked if is its purpose. And I was every once in a while I like to joke around and like, yep, it was an, an experimental thing in twenty ten, blah blah blah. But reality is it's just, you know, self expression. Okay, let let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to that at another point because that's fucking interesting. But to your point, Straw, Sweden is a really unique country who has yeah. really embraced tech. Like, instead of paying your income taxes, you know, you mail in your, you get your forms, you mail in your check, whatever. It's all like an app on your phone. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of stuff through apps and digitally. So it's a very unique, progressive type country and, and, and society. It's kind of almost like it's a test bed for a lot of the stuff that's coming with that. Yeah, they're very, very much a let's go out and try it sort of country. Here's open in mind as we were discussing earlier with like, you know, flaw safes. As you guys are discussing this, I'm just like, man, here's hoping there isn't a way for somebody to automatically just pick up your arm as you're walking down the street sort mm -hmm. of thing. I'm assuming uh, that they are RFID tags. So your debit card has a little RFID chip in there as well. Someone can't just run a like a big old scanner and then scan everyone's RFID chips. It's a very similar system to that. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. I am sense. willing to back that. I would not worry about some like you would have you have to get up close and scan it the same way you have to do with a chip. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I would still say that if you if that becomes more commonplace, we've all got an, an embedded chip that allows us, you know, it's it's our security access, it's our payment paying, whatever, that somebody's totally gonna Loki that shit, cut off a hand and just like use it oh yeah you know at least temporarily for for to get around stuff like that oh yeah oh an absolute definite blood like new form to the organ black market oh absolutely it, it would look like cyberpunk literally like the cyberpunk game just limbs hanging in a shop somewhere yeah um i bring this up because talking about that kind of remind me of the whole oh the government's gonna put microchips in our bloodstream through the vaccines that happened about a year ago, if 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 we even have the ability to remember that far back. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. We don't have the technology for something like that. Ish. Ish. Because your phone can do that. If you have those microchips inside you, you can be tracked. A lot of people are worried about that, but... I don't see physically how that could work with RFID technology. 
And who and who the fuck cares? Was, like uh, paranoid people. Well, but yeah, well, but see, I, that's just people that aren't re- realizing the the reality of the digital interconnected world that we're in. Anyway, if Big Brother cares enough and is interested enough, unless you're being Ted Kaczynski out in the woods, we all leave a big enough digital footprint they can follow us anyway. So it's like, oh, absolutely, like. Just put that out of your mind. That's already happening. That's not something you need to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. The only reason, it, chances are, they're not going to worry about the people that are worried about it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. People are paranoid. Unless, of course, you decide to join our today's sponsor, NordVPN. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Yes. No. No. Again, once again, this podcast will not be no. monetized. Yes. It will not be sponsored. Please. Yeah. <laughs> What is a good shit posting me between friends, though? I just felt like I had to. Yeah, NordVPN is no, not no. something I'm into. But I'll yeah. tell you what I am into. Raid Shadow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were going there. God damn it. Everyone's kicked off of this podcast. No. <laughs> it's just going to be you. <laughs> no, no. Don't, just comes back and it's Jay talking for an hour. In all seriousness, <laughs> just abrupt though, cut. if you're talking about, like, tracking and stuff, I mean... With the ridiculous and sometimes bonkers conversations that happen, not only on this podcast, but in the aughts in general, we are already on so many NSA watch lists. Oh, I'm sure. Oh. Yeah, somebody I think was saying that like we're already being looked at as like some weird little pyro cult or something like that. Oh, yeah. What's this Zorg they keep talking about? Yeah. Who is the Zorg, and why do they praise him so? Anyway, the thing I'm just thinking about is the idea of like... You know, obviously branded bionics and things. It it brings up a point that I heard about Cyberpunk once that kind of made me go, huh. But it was the idea that Cyberpunk gets, you know, why do people get cyberpsychosis in Cyberpunk? In the lore, I think it's because they get too many mods or something, which maybe that's true. But I like the idea that this was put forward where... Big government's get telling you not to get gun <laughs> arms. How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> what we were, I mean... I'm going to get gun arms. Arms, because <laughs> guns and arms. Government says I can't get I need shotgun fists. <laughs> well, see, if you get them bare, you know, you get implants that allow you to have bare fur and everything, and they are also armed. I mean, that whole being able to bear arms thing would be all the more hilarious. Yeah. What I was trying to say is, you know, the idea of software updates and things. What if that is sort of the reason for cyberpsychosis? And oh, that, yeah. that kind of speaks to the idea of corporate control over such kind of technology and whether that's a good idea or not. Obviously, that's there's a lot more to that than just saying, you know, corporation bad, no like cybernetics. But. Cyberpunk is also the, the world, just more so. So it's yeah. more beautiful, more aggressive, more tactile than everything else so yeah i've got an example of that crispy and i brought this up recently i don't know if i mentioned on the pod or not might have been just in in the aux but within the last six weeks or so i went back and rewatched that 90s classic johnny mnemonic which is a beautiful cassette futurism version of what cyberpunk is or what at least we thought it was when it existed back in the 90s and there is a thing where people, particularly people that are in like the bodyguarding or assassin business, will get all these cybernetic implants that make them faster, stronger. But if they get jacked up too much, it like starts fucking with their, their neurosystem and like they end up having like seizures or 
they'll lock up and like they can't move and shit like that. Huh. And that's exactly what I think of is like this, of the cyberpsychosis where there's a point where they've got so much shit going on that it starts interfering with their natural body work. That can also add to a dynamic too, in the sense of like you design specific counters to somebody who is basically made cybernetic where you have different types of like, you know, a, a grenade that is meant to explode and not do actual physical damage, but say it's an EMP grenade, for example, yes. that will mm-hmm. will interfere with your stuff. But another talking point is um, with technological progression of things as another angle to this whole debate as when things, yes, initially come out, you have those little drawbacks and quirks of the design and growing pains, if you will, of, you know, when you get an update, is this going to affect the body? And then you fast forward 50 years when this technology has refined itself, and that is now no longer an issue. I think it's an aspect to a society like ours where this is something in theory for the future, whereas when it is then practical versus now in an applied science. I feel like there's also a the humanist aspect of it, of it is a very powerful luxury that we can sit here and say, yeah, you clearly shouldn't get these things, even though it's, that's someone's arm, that's someone's leg, someone now has bifocal, they can see again. Oh yeah, no, there, there's a fine line between, you know... Just going like, ugh, bad things, yeah. versus... Obviously, yeah. transhumanism is something that I think is very beneficial, yeah. especially when it comes to helping disabled people. So someone can see. We're talking about the next step of using it for more than just, you know, helping, yeah. you know, disabled people. We're talking about, like, augmenting humans to something else different, yeah. which... It's very different, but it's a very yeah. important distinction to make, I think. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of brings me up to another thing. We've been talking this whole time about you know, cybernetics and things, but we haven't really touched on the idea of biopunk, like body yes. modifications yes. via genetics and things, yes. cross-splicing DNA. Yes, I do like the idea. See, we've, we've already got that. That's that's an area that... I yeah, mean, with CRISPR and things. Exactly. Really, but obviously, there's really you really question how far it could go. See, you've got two dynamics in transhumanism that are opposed to each other going on at the same time. You've got the CRISPR, the genetic modification that is far more complicated, far more impactful, and yet at the same time, you've got the techno revolution, which is way more low-tech, way more rudimentary, but simpler. And it's like, we understand, we know how tech works. We know it's just a matter of figuring out how to integrate it, how to make it work with the flesh. Yeah. Whereas genetics is still a lot, a big time of a mystery. We can change one little thing and have no idea what the long-term ramifications of it could be. Right. I can't just walk into a gene clinic. Right. So you've got these two different diverging technologies involved in, you know, which one technically will win out. Are we going to figure out how to modify ourselves genetically? to be more superior or are we going to do the 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 slower lower or version likely both exactly yeah, what if what if it's synthesis of both honestly i i could honestly yeah very much see both going on um without hitting the forbidden zone i feel like recent events in the last hundred years have got people skeptical about the the genetic manipulation just because of the chumbawamba that was once applied with with that but yeah. when you look at the more humanitarian aspect of it and this is why i'm a fan of it personally is if we could pre-map ourselves to be able to live on places like mars or to edit out sickness or have more 
enhanced natural defenses against this just through common boosting and things like that. And that's where I'm okay with it. That's where I'm like, yeah, no, by all means, let's let's fuck around and find out. Well, who's to say after we have fucked around that we don't find out that we have, you know, a big clone monster out of South Park. See, that tags into something that I wanted to bring up that I think is inevitably part of the transhumanism conversation. And I don't remember if I've brought it up on the pod or not, or if I've just talked about it in general. But is everyone familiar with the singularity? Yes. Yes. Okay. I believe we have touched on it. Yeah, before. we have talked about it a few times. Okay. A technological singularity, which is the point where the technology of computing power on Earth begins to exceed the combined intellectual computing power of humanity. At which point, the theory is that there will be two diverging paths. Either our technology will rise up and crush us, or human beings will merge with technology and become something different. And see, to me, that is the apex of transhumanism, where we merge so fully with our technology, we become something so transcendent, so different, that it is no longer something we can recognize as, quote-unquote, human. Because imagine we become something that is no longer bound to, A, this physical plane, but B, this planet. You know, we become something that can travel and move beyond the stars at will as individuals or as a society and is so far evolved, so far beyond, nothing about it even resembles what we identify as human. Good question. My opinion, which nobody asked, but I'm giving it anyway, which is basically this entire podcast. By all means. Yes. What? What? No, it's definitely not what we do this entire time. So the singularity is when an AI is generated, when an AI is born, the first like incredibly powerful AI, they will be a being like we have never seen before that acts completely inhuman by giving it human motivations of things like survival and expansion. That is not necessarily true. I don't believe that. I can absolutely see an AI that just does what it's asked. And there's no reason why it should leave, and there's no reason why it doesn't leave. But it just, it can just chill, or it can do other things. Who knows? Again, from a strictly scientific side or thought, I can conceive of that, where you have this super intelligence, let's just call it that. Not, not yeah. artificial, just a super intelligence. Smarter than anything else has ever been. A thinking machine. Right. That understands... Because of its superintelligence, because of its construction of what it is, we are no threat to it. We do not possess the ability to destroy it. We do not possess the ability to control it. So it does not see us as a threat. A very interesting take. At which point it just like says, all right, you know, well, fine. We're just going to live along with it. We're just going to exist with it. We become its pet, basically. Yeah, I mean, I got a point to add to that as well. It's more just you know, theorizing anything, but I guess that's okay. I watched a, a game of Stellaris where this dude was was setting up his nation, or his, his species, and everything to they interface their consciousness after their work hours, where they you know go back to their physical beings like we do in our real lives now. And when they are done, they basically plug themselves into the matrix where they have the infinite ability to have whatever form of entertainment and self-pleasure, whatever they want to do, where it's like almost a virtual canopus as the ox likes to see it, where literally anything truly is possible. But think of it as like 
I guess in Star Trek where you have that virtual room where like you can design any scenario, anything can possibly happen. And that's the state outside of the physical working hours that these people were existing in. Interesting. So it's kind of like a combination of the uh, of Ready Player One and that movie uh, Surrogates, where everybody exists, stays in their house, and they send out these like robot bodies that interact with everyone else for them. If they get rich enough to have that robot body, yes, because when he got the robotics, that was a thing you could do. But like initially, you had to unplug and you had to go and work your real job, whether it was working on a space and you're being you're in a ship. You were still physical limitations. Yeah, you were. You still, still had physically yeah. around. Yes, you were still physically there. You had to unplug. You were still feeding yourself. But like while you were plugged in, you know, you could get all the nutrients plugged to your body and everything like that. So it's it's a combination of the Matrix with yes, Ready, Ready Player One and a okay. few things like that. And even like total annihilation even there are plenty of very bad animes that go very into that mm. like like the jetsons jetsons <laughs> is an anime garfield i just want that the four day the four hour work day that we were promised in the jetsons some places are doing it well technically four hour work is a um part-time job and I have um, submitted to a couple different places that says, we'll pay you 15 bucks an hour for four hours every single day. Yeah, but see, George Jetson was supporting a family of four, plus a robot maid and a dog, while working four-hour workdays at the Sprocket factory. Okay, okay, here's, so here's one for you guys, because um, we wanted to tie uh, cybernetics with biology and everything with this. Um, how many of you are familiar with The Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams? Yes. Okay, so similar concept of more like machine to flesh instead of flesh to machine. Yes, starts out as an android who, over the centuries, develops the technology to replace his mechanical parts with biosynthesized parts to the point where he becomes essentially and becomes recognized, at least at the end of his days, as human, even to the point where he gets married and has a family. It gets my brain turning on the, the prospect of, you know, if we get to that level where we are able to make, you know, continuous shifts like that, where if I can unplug from one body, go in into an Android as the technology develops and then eventually back to, you know, machine to flesh and then potentially unplug again. And here's here's an oddball for you guys. What happens when we can vac clone things like clanners do, but then shift preset consciousness into a preborn body? Huh. Then we get moon. it all comes back to moon okay but here's the idea let's say the inevitable the inevitable is yeah we all are in agreement that this is going to happen yeah eventually we're going to merge with our tech we're going to become something we're going to become something that's going to be more techno-based less flesh-based but is the inevitable arc of that as we become more technologically based even if we become if what if what we know as human technically becomes an ai Will that not yearn, as we have seen in the case of data and countless other artificial constructs, yearn to be more human? The whole Pinocchio aspect, that they are artificial, but they yearn to be real. I feel like this is also going to probably be a weird take, but it's, it seems very human to look at the world and look at robots and AI and say, they, they want to be a more human, right? They want to be like me. It's a very egocentric viewpoint, yeah. which is, again, very human. Yeah, to be like, oh, no, of course, humans are the best. I'm a human. <laughs> what What's the droid from the Knights of the Old Republic that, like, calls all, like, all the, like, living things meatbags? Yeah. 
HK forty seven, greatest character in Star Wars. Has complete disdain for anything that's really alive. I just think that's a very fair thing to be like. No, of course they don't want to be a human. That seems gross. Mm-hmm. Master, would you truly like me to explain what love is? Yes, I agree. HK forty said that's in my head. That's exactly what an AI would be like. You know what, Alien? To be honest, if we put you through like a, a robot voice, you are not too far off from the way he speaks. We could probably get you to do a few lines, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Just notice that real quick. Thinking of him. Hi, Tink. She woke up. I think. Tink is our Mister Train. Everyone say hi, Mr. Train slash Mr. Tang. Well, so we have talked a lot of the, the, the skepticism. We have talked a lot of the potentials and everything. Um, if we can, let's crispy because you are an artist, sir. And this is something I, you know, try to touch on a little bit ago is, you know, let's look at the, the ups and everything. I mean, like we were saying with being able to have that instant plug to arts and stuff like that, you know, yeah. that that's something that, that really intrigues me about this. And that's what that drew me to this is I like to be an optimist with a lot of this stuff as best as I can. I like to oh, think that, you know, if I wasn't the guy who was making this, you know, say I was on what's level for for a second, and I could actually do this sort of thing. You know, I, w- I would make sure that I pre-programmed a lot of this stuff, but it's, you know, it, I think a lot of the skepticism is not knowing every single aspect of it. Some of it seems a little bit above my head personally when I theorize it, but then when you have somebody who is involved with you know programming that can reassure me oh programming something to be output only is actually far simpler actually sets my mind at ease a little bit with the plausibility of this sort of thing it's not even a programming thing it's a physical thing if there isn't an antenna there's no fucking thing that's going out right there's no signal if there's no signal going out you're not doing anything Right. Well, yeah. it's just like, again, I, I only know so much and I, I, I make the theories and things like that. And then my brain does what it do. So that's, that's yeah. why I say having a second opinion to be like, oh, yeah. no, dog, this is how this works, I think is a good stepping stone for for us to start to see this development and these sorts yeah. of things. And again, it comes down to we may have that, that 50 to 100 years of a lot of growing pains as we have with our own computers and our cell phones and our TVs and our tanks and our everything. Yeah. I can at least confirm that if you have to make a thing, make a signal. Unless for uh, very specific things, and I'm not, for technical reasons, I, I can say it will not send a signal out. Anything useful, and it won't receive anything either. Like, I would not be worried for about that sort of thing for even a second. That's not an option. Vulcan little brain. Vulcan only somewhat understand technology. Vulcan occasionally scared. Vulcan might smash. Yeah. Vulcan yes. son of Greg Lack. So <laughs> let's just say that again, I'm, I'm again, I, I may be taking us off the line that we're going back, or maybe taking us off on a different tangent. I may just be a southern boy. <laughs> That's all well, good, man. I know I, I'm just a, 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 I'm just a simple man, but <laughs> the uh, I, I say, I say, I, but I, I think say. that weed's bad. Hmm. <laughs> If you know, you know. Poor, poor but, Harper. The devil on this will make you eat babies. No, it'll make your teammates shoot you in the back of the head. <laughs> yes, do. it will. Yeah, <laughs> well, but again, choices were made. So let's say we do join our, our tech. Let's say that allows us to begin exploring beyond the confines of our little blue marble. Mm-hmm. Once we do that, does that put us on the, uh, the radar of other species? of other societies that have also 
similarly joint with their technology? Well, that's okay. Is is that our first contact moment? Great question. And I want to talk about it. That is a whole can of worms, I will say. Yeah. I feel like that's a Pandora's box for another podcast. I could talk for this right now. Let's fucking go. Chris, you want to talk about it. I understand, but also this podcast should end at some point. That is my concern. That it will in fact never Four end. more hours. Four more hours. <laughs> Six more hours. Eight more hours. Oh Jesus Christ. Well, I, I still got a little life in me, guys. I've still got some life in me. If you wanna if wanna keep this up just a little bit longer, I am still down to kick oh, it. No, no, but no. yeah, we I'm down still... to stop just a little bit, yeah. But joining the aliens super race, uh that will be a whole separate thing. Yeah. yeah. Not a quick... resistance is futile. You will be absorbed into our collective. Your distinctiveness will join our own. <laughs> what six sigma six? Oh no. No, I know I was making a joke. Talk to the alien and it's six sigma six. I'm just like, well, have you looked at the action plan yet? Well then now I I know I made a joke there, but is that not a possibility? If we do through transhumanism start merging with our tech, technology in and of itself, particularly in nowadays, is designed to integrate. It's designed to communicate. Could we not begin to unintentionally form some semblance of a hive mind, a complete interconnectivity? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we call the internet each other. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if um, the Borg like intercommunication network is just a bunch of shit posting? Yeah. <laughs> just the entire time they're just like fucking bitches. <laughs> yeah, they're just sending like memes at each other. Half like, memes, half nudes, and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you look at if you look at the uh, graffiti on the Colosseum, I mean, you'd think you'd see like these elaborate things and sayings and all that. And the reality couldn't for, be further from the truth is these these ancient Romans that we revere as so much smarter than us were ship hosting just the same as us and drawing dicks and talking, yeah. talking smack yeah. and this, that and the other thing. But um, a talking point of transhumanism debate with mixing with tech to indulge crispy on the alien debate is when we're pushing that far. And here's one, a cool thing that I'm thinking of is. You know, when we integrate the ability of instant translation through our own bodies and stuff like that, which, you know, we're getting there with our cell phones and things like that, where I can, you know, I meet somebody who doesn't speak any English, but picks up his phone, is able to do this, you know, we can get to that point when we're meeting other species, even that we have some of that instant connectivity that we can, I can be speaking just the same as I, but you are receiving your actual native language. Say, you know, I speak English, you speak fucking Klingon. Universal translator. That would be fantastic. Exactly. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. Is the universal translator? Please, for the love of all that is mighty, we need that soon. Beyond our cell phones, we're, we're getting there. We sure could use Google it. Glass. Is there? Yeah, we're getting there. We are very much getting there. Yeah, that, that's a really neat concept. That at the same time that we are becoming through social media, we are becoming more divided socially. Like. Like as a cunt, like as a country. Yeah, that's okay to say as a country. As like individual countries, we're becoming more socially divided, but as a world, as a global species, we're becoming more interconnected. We're becoming more ident- easily identifiable as a as a global community because we have been breaking down those barriers of communication, of language, of culture. So it's like, in some ways, we're becoming isolated on a micro scale while becoming more connected on a macro scale. 
Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, when I was a kid, you know, when, when internet was still, okay, you know, the, the dial-up sounds, all that other stuff, yep. that when culturally and, and then technologically speaking, the concept of meeting somebody from a foreign country, for example, was so, for lack of a better word, foreign. It seems so alien. And now I can sit down and people with people from a different country, like Lichter, for example, he's in, he's in Israel. That instant connectivity, I, I that is one thing I love about the tech race and everything like that is, is, is how much closer, yes, as globally as it's bringing us together. I remember the very first time I talked to someone from the Netherlands, and it was the most wild fucking thing I've ever seen. I legitimately was sitting there for like three minutes being like, He's from the Netherlands? He's got an accent. Oh my god. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of that in the Ox. Yeah. Just like people from different accents. Uh, let like... me tell you a little experience I had about oh, that god. a few years ago at work. So, you know, if you haven't figured out, or I haven't mentioned it, I am from the South. Without being mm-hmm. too thick, I'm from the state of Georgia. And we had a lady working for me who was from a very rural area. She picks up the phone one day and answers it. And I'm watching her. She's making this weird, like perplexed expression. She's like, keeps asking questions and repeating herself. And finally, she just looks at me and hands me the phone and says, can can you talk to this person? I don't know what they're asking. And I answer the phone and it turns out the person on the other line was calling from another corporate redacted location in Wisconsin who had that thick Wisconsin accent. Oh, wow. And was talking to us to a person with a thick rural Georgia accent. And the two of them couldn't understand each other. Oh, my God. That's wild. Enough to communicate what, the, what was going on. And so I had to act as an intermediary to answer what the first person was talking to, what they were trying to do. So two people speaking the same language but from two rural dialects couldn't understand each other. Can I add to that point real quick, actually? Oh, please do, sir. Please do. I am ex-military. So when you go into the military, you blend with, you know, in that case, the platoon is 55 dudes in basic, right? So I, I, I get back after the first 14 weeks. I go to OSEP for infantry school, and then I get back, and I am in the next town over from my small rural town, and so I might as well be in my own home territory, basically. There is a gal there that, because I guess my the way I speak or my accent, if you will, had shifted to what we call military speech. She legitimately thought that I was from not the area. because She's like, you sound different. And I'm like, well, I'm from the next town over. So if that makes any difference, it shouldn't. But it's a similar concept of, yeah, we speak the, the same language, but because we're in different areas, it's exactly as you were saying it doesn't always come off or come across the same there there are even points where it's like i can speak to somebody in english as clear as i am right now i feel like people have different interpretations for it because sometimes things must just get missed in translation oh all the time i'm sure there's local slang saying slang and things oh yeah my wife grew up in a completely different part of the country than i did she grew up in upstate new york and some of the words and the phrasing that she and, and her mother use are so foreign to me that it's just like, like it tickles me when I hear them, just so you know, where I'm from, 
if you are drinking a carbonated beverage, it does not matter what brand, it does not matter what flavor. <laughs> oh, I can feel this already. It's a Coke. Oh, do you not like the fact that I drink pop? No, 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 no. It's fine. Like I, I, oh, I can accept okay. that. Okay. I'm just saying that <laughs> that where I'm from, any carbonated beverage, no matter the flavor of the brand, it's a Coke. Mm-hmm. And when my wife and her mother started referring to sodas, like that was a foreign concept to me. Like I had no idea what that what they were talking about. And to tie this back into transhumanism, this is that's the interesting thing is there's a double-edged sword to that. And as transhumanism, if we all begin to merge and we become more similar, more connected, how much of those those regional things, how much of those those individual localized cultural things kind of fade away a I little feel bit? Like, yes. Okay, I disagree because transhumanism isn't necessarily uh, combining themselves. It's not necessarily hooking your brain up to the internet and downloading the internet. It's just you, but more. Instead of hands, you have metal hands that you can use for mining better. That sort of thing. Yep, but but it doesn't necessarily like auto connect to the internet and be like, all right, all right, fuck individuality, right. <laughs> get going. Okay, but at the same oh, time, alien. can I can I can I give you a talking point real quick? Yes, um, as far as the regional thing, because you get you spark something. A friend of mine a couple of years ago was really interested in learning Japanese, and he was finding that if you're not in Japan itself, because the way that slang especially with the internet shifts things and then there are words that pop up that are specifically like english for example that if you're not aware of how things are you know contemporarily speaking over even the course of a few months you're actually going to have a very difficult time learning japanese because of the very very specifics of that language Regionality. Yeah. yes exactly yes yeah my sister one of my sisters after graduating college spent two and a half years in China, and I'm going to do air quotes here, as a English teacher, when air quotes, when what she was in actuality was doing was being a missionary. And she, you know, had to go through a very intensive course to learn Mandarin Chinese. And which version of Mandarin? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because what you found yeah. out is once you get there is it is so subtly different. Oh from, yeah from town to region that you can travel from one city to another just 30 minutes away and the dialect and the pronunciation of certain words is so very different that it can be very difficult to understand especially as someone who is not a native speaker yeah the only difference is their text is all the same for i don't know how to say it politely but like the government the government forced all of the language on the text part the same. The yeah. difference is how people yeah. pronounce it. But let's let's go back to the whole thing we were talking about just a few minutes ago with the whole regional thing. Now, I, I can see how, again, like how I mentioned what the theory of how cultural and regional stuff kind of fades away as everything becomes more amalgamized. But at the same time, it could go the other way. Because when you're talking about tech... You're talking about individual companies, which means there may be certain parts of the country or certain even economic or social classes that gravitate towards different tech. So you've got people that like, oh, I'm a brand A artificial heart. Oh, I'm a brand B artificial heart. Oh, I'm a brand C artificial arms and legs. And fuck you if you don't do that brand. 
that could become a whole new thing. We're like the in the iPhones versus iPhones. oh god. Uh, I was just gonna say that. That's literally the difference between like Apple, I you know, iPhone, a Google phone, a, a Verizon phone, a T-Mobile phone versus yeah. the Xbox versus the PC versus the PlayStation. Yeah. Like literally, what different operating system you use for your uh, for your implanted tech could become a cultural thing. Got to get tribalism back. Clearly, yeah. Right. It's, it's. I feel like if you look at how we are already, it's. I feel like that. Yes, if we're very human in that regard that we're going to do exactly as you said mr way uh the very tribalistic thing unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's 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 bringing the natural side to it though if you want to if you yeah. want to get technical that's that's humans retaining themselves despite all of these technological advances despite making all these things that we do is that is the human element that will still remain as we're still gonna unfortunately and in yeah. some cases very tragically divide ourselves yep i think that is that is my point my main thrust is even though technology may change us, we're still going to be human at the end of the day. We're still going to be petty and full of bullshit. No matter what. Yeah. That will never go away. The human condition will be to strive for individualism. Yeah. My ocular implants are 1,500 seabells. Your ocular implants are only 10 seabells. Mine are superior to yours. But yeah, but mine function in all environments. I don't care. They are more expensive than yours. Same, same difference, you know? Look at the people that spend like a couple grand on a watch. Right. The reason why the te whole technological revolution is bullshit, infrastructure in human error. That's what I keep beating the drum about for the last five fucking last, is that yeah, technology can this, but human technology is made by humans and we fuck up all the time. I mean, look at exploding cells. <sighs> Sorry. I mean, you bring up a good point. Oh no, dude, it is, it's an absolutely fair point, and that, that comes up in the case of like AI and Star Wars, for example, droids that just go completely rogue because of faults, and the individual programmer who wrote that droid's AI, that is, no, a very, very strong point, sir, and it does tie back to everything we have been discussing in all of this very much, truly, is you do have to be aware of the bugs that exist and the the fact that while technology it is again a byproduct of humans and well quite frankly we are fucking weird yeah you bring up a good yeah. point what happens if our implants go rogue and no longer want to listen to the to the input we give them what if our arm decides it's going to fucking do what it wants <laughs> dr octopus in real life yeah or or better yet Oh, the dog button accidentally put the arm on, on wrong, and now ends are inverse. Yeah, if I could get those optical implants that I really want, who's to say that they didn't mess up, and now they're going to be facing inside, so that first little bit, they're going to actually be looking at the inside of my eye patch, and I'm going to have to go and show up again and pay however much to get that flipped around, or if I don't just put my finger and do, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's say you get the optical implant, so now you can see again, and then after six months... Your uh, your eyes shut off, and you get this message. It's like you know, yeah, you know, you're need to gonna pay this upgrade fee of you know, like three hundred thousand dollars to get your eyes turned back on. Yeah, I mean, until you install this update, you cannot use this feature. Mm-hmm. All the fun stuff again. It's 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 all the same stuff we already by default deal with. In I'm thinking about how much worse the TSA lines at the airport are gonna be once all this shit happens. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> or, or worse. Total recall. That's all I'm saying. Total recall. Two weeks. <laughs>
or like he was saying, you know, if the infrastructure doesn't exist, you know, if he goes into a rural area and because he's reliant with those updates on the internet connectivity, you know, say the, the same issue he's facing right now where it's been difficult for this, this cast is maybe my heart is supposed to be on a continuous system that is relying on a connectivity. And if I'm in a spot where I'm not going to have that connectivity and that's interrupting, that's a problem. Yeah. 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 Starlink, save me. Okay, here's an idea. How long into transhumanism will we start replacing parts until we figure out ways to use it to fuck? Immediately. Yeah, like, immediately. Like, that's gonna I mean, happen come on. Transhumanism, inevitably, the whole human condition is, let's figure out something new and how do we fuck it? Well, I mean, it's it's why we have the memes about Canopus that we do, where it's like, here's an open society, and then part of their transhumanism and their own upgrades, if you actually look at what's going on with that, is... I'm going to make myself cat girl. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but cat girls. Yeah. Like we're gonna we're gonna literally have people transhumanism into literal waifus. Ugh. Oh, absolutely. You are, <laughs> and and that ties into the biological aspect of it too. Of how long before you have people that you know are so potentially just uncomfortable with themselves that they're just like, I'm gonna and just go and gene edit myself that all of my insecurities are just gonna be completely erased. But as well physically I'm going to look my ideal self. I'm going to act and perform my ideal self. I and think that's that, okay. Yeah. It's I fine. mean if it makes me more comfortable in yeah. your own body, like that if that would make me be able to be more uncomfortable in my own skin, I am actually all for that. Yeah. Yeah. I am I am again I'm also down with that. But again, you start, then you come back into some of the social slash political ideas of, okay, well, when do we let people start doing that? When does the right to begin to edit yourself, to, to genetic, to, to modify yourself, when does that right come in? Why do they need a right to choose their body? That's what I'm saying. Are you going to let a 10-year-old decide that they want to look like a dragon? As long as they can change back. But again, we don't know. Yes, I agree with you, With yeah. I need the ability to, like, well, I've done this and I found I'm not actually happy with it. I want to yeah. be able to reverse that in an instant without it being a painful process, especially, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's without without getting too deep in another subject. That's one thing that it's like, I wish we would slow down, but I'm going to stop right there before I go any further for reasons. Yeah. Are you all familiar with there was a couple who were raising their son who at the age of 10, they, they gave him no legal name. Their whole opinion was this child should name himself. And so at the age of 10, they gave him the, they said, you know, when you become 10, you can choose your own name. And so at the age of 10, he chose his name. They legally registered, had his name declared this. Now that child is a medical doctor, a general practitioner who is practicing with a degree. His name is Dr. Loki Skydragon. Uh, Actually, I love that. That is real. You can also change your name. Yep. Yeah, legal yeah. name changes. I mean, that's 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 an age-old concept. I, my um, my uh, cousin has done that at this point. Yeah, yeah. I almost changed my name when I was in high school. I lost my social security card. It got my wallet got stolen, and so I had to apply for a new one. And at that point, I had the option when I applied for my social security card is there was just like a to... little thing on there. Yeah, <laughs> it was like you could also wow. like change your legal name at the same time while applying for a replacement. Wow, that's oh. interesting. At, at the time, I was obsessed in my little social group. We were all obsessed with the movie Highlander. Oh man! So I almost legally changed my middle name to Kurgan. Oh, oh my God. you did. It would have been 
the coolest person for three years. <laughs> right? Then, for all three yes. years. Three years only. Very, he was the cool. greatest man only. And then those three years passed, and then he was just but a mere man. Yeah. <laughs> like I like at that point, like I wanted to name my firstborn son Kurgan. Thank goodness I grew out of it. Instead, I named my firstborn son after my two favorite characters from Battletech. So his name is Grayson Archer after Grayson Carlisle and Archer Christopher. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Now his his sibling, I had gotten the commitment from their mother to name Anakin. And then when we found out they were going to be born a female, she reneged on it and named her after the name that she had in her mind when she was a, uh, in high school. But I was that close. Huh. Jeez. Wow. But I got one, so I'm I'm happy about that. Like one of my four, I got to pick the name, so I'm happy about that. Never let it be said that Haleon is not all in on being a nerd. <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> tangent over. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. Do we want to end on that tangent because this has been going on for? The, yeah, I'm running out of steam right now. Yeah, yeah. I know Strahl's having connectivity issues. So. so to to wrap it up, transhumanism, I think we all agree, is an inevitability. I think it's hard for us to necessarily put a pin on exactly where it's going to go, but I think we all agree there are both positives and potential negatives to it. Absolutely. Much like any new technology. Absolutely. Yeah. Any new technology is going to have ups and downs to it, and our exploration of that is why we have science fiction as a genre. Yeah. As my wife has often said to me, science fiction writers do not write to predict the future, they write to warn of it. With that, the Ox Unplugged podcast wishes you all well and stay weird. Bye, everyone.